48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. HSBC reports a third quarter drop in profits of about 40% with impairment charges for its retail retail units in France hitting the bank's bottom line. Hong Kong's chief executive says the financial markets here are running in a smooth and orderly manner. And in Britain, Rishi Sunak will make history today when he becomes UK Prime Minister. HSBC has reported a fall in third quarter profits by about 40%. The bank was hit with expected credit losses, impairment charges and expected losses from the sale of its retail banking operations in France. John Wong reports. Pre-tax profits slid 42% on year to 3.1 billion US dollars, while profit attributable to shareholders fell 46% to 1.9 billion. Meanwhile, the British lender has announced that its CFO since 2019 will be stepping down at the end of the year. He will be replaced by George Ellery, who headed the bank's global banking and markets division. HSBC says the leadership change has come as the sport focuses on long-term succession planning with the bank approaching the end of its three-year transformation plan. Chief Executive John Lee says Hong Kong's financial markets are running in a smooth and orderly manner. He made the remark ahead of the weekly Executive Council meeting when asked about the Hang Seng Index dropping to a 13-year low yesterday. CE said there were a lot of uncertainties in the global economy, but that Hong Kong had the capacity to deal with the situation. I would suggest uh, investors to monitor the situation closely, uh, assess the risks, and uh, make careful decisions uh, according to their own position. Government is very confident uh, that the systems we have in Hong Kong uh, is effective, resilient, and will be monitoring the situation so that we will ensure market order and market transactions will go on in accordance uh, with uh, what we uh, expect. Mr Lee also said the government would in due course make a decision on what to do with more than 20,000 COVID jab exemption certificates that it had invalidated. Certificates were signed off by seven doctors who have since been arrested over the manner of their issuance. Last Friday, the High Court ruled that the government had no power to void them. Mr Lee reiterated that the government believed its policies had a legal basis and were drawn up to protect public health. He said now that the government had the court's ruling, the Health Bureau and the Department of Justice would work on the matter and reach a decision soon. The Education Secretary, Christine Choi, has indicated that teachers who are struck off the register because they are deemed to have poor moral conduct are unlikely to be able to return to teaching. Speaking on an RTHK radio programme, the minister said a new set of guidelines on professional conduct would be released by the end of the year. She said a task force would examine whether these teachers could return again after showing improvement, but not all of them would be likely to return. If it's regarding their professional ability as a teacher, they can take some courses to prove themselves. But if they are involved in cases regarding poor moral conduct or they have caused damage to students, it's difficult for them to prove that they're suitable to be teachers again. International News and Rishi Sunak will make history today when he becomes UK Prime Minister after an audience with King Charles. He's replacing Liz Truss, who resigned last week. Mr Sunak said that being given the job by Conservative MPs was the greatest privilege of his life. He warned that the country faced difficult times ahead, but promised to serve with humility and integrity. The United Kingdom is a great country, but there is no doubt we face a profound economic challenge. 
We now need stability and unity, and I will make it my utmost priority to bring our party and our country together, because that is the only way we will overcome the challenges we face and build a better, more prosperous future for our children and our grandchildren. Gavin Gray is RDHK's UK correspondent. He had this to say about Mr Sunak's forthcoming appointment. Very historic occasion. The British, uh, first British Asian Prime Minister, the youngest for more than 200 years. He's 42 years old. He's a practising Hindu, the first Hindu as well. Um, and uh, he is himself an immensely rich man. He is one of Britain's richest men, married to one of the world's richest women. And uh, uh, that has caused some uh, concerns about, I think, from some of his critics, that it opens him up to all sorts of accusations of helping his pals in the banking world where he started his career um, at Goldman Sachs. So I think there'll be all sorts of people keeping a very close eye on what he does for those in finance um, and also of course, uh, and his uh, his appointment has been heralded in India as well, what it might mean for British-Indian relations. But he is somebody who works uh, incredibly hard. Those that know him say he's very kind-hearted, but is absolutely devoted to his job um, and uh, has only been in politics for seven years. It is quite an extraordinary climb to the top in such a short space of time. As the first person of Indian heritage who will hold the top job in UK politics, his appointment has a particular resonance in India, where Diwali, the Hindu festival of lights, is being celebrated. This is how Indian broadcasters cover the story. Well, what a Diwali it has been for all of us. Rishi Sunak winning the race today. Rishi Sunak becomes UK's first Indian origin prime minister. Well, on Diwali, Rishi Sunak is the new prime minister of the UK, the first prime minister of Indian origin a practicing Hindu and at the age of 42 he's also the youngest. It's a big news for us, for you and everyone sitting back there in India. It's a moment of pride. Today is a very historical day and today Rishi Sunak has given the entire nation the Diwali gift. It is official, the first Indian origin Prime Minister. So a lot of credit uh, that Rishi will carry with him. He of course has created history from India point of view. Russia is to take its accusation that Ukraine is planning a dirty bomb attack to the UN Security Council on Tuesday. In a letter to the UN Security General, UN Secretary General, the Security Council, and the Security Council, excuse me, the Russian ambassador Vasily Nebensia said the use of any such device by Kiev would be seen as an act of nuclear terrorism. BBC's Peter Bowes has the details. The prospect of Ukraine using a dirty bomb, a device containing radioactive material as well as conventional explosives, was raised by Russia's defence minister. Moscow said the aim would be to blame Russia for the resulting radioactive contamination. Ukraine's President Zelensky said it was a sign Moscow was itself planning a nuclear attack and would blame Kyiv. The United States has restated its warning that such action would result in severe consequences. Ukraine has accused Russia of delaying the arrival of dozens of cargo ships to collect Ukrainian grain. Ukrainian Foreign Ministry said Russian inspectors were deliberately prolonging the inspection of ships heading from Turkey, resulting in 165 vessels being stuck in a queue near the Bosphorus Strait. A rebel group in Myanmar says around 50 people have been killed in military airstrikes on a musical concert in northern Kachin State. 
A spokesman for the KIA said two military jets targeted an anniversary ceremony. Chris Gunners from the Myanmar Accountability Project said the attack amounted to a war crime. Not only are we getting reports that up to 60 people may have been killed, many, many more injured, it's also becoming clear from reports on the ground that the Myanmar army was actually blocking civilians being taken to hospital. So all manner of international laws are being violated by this illegal junta. The United Nations office in Myanmar said it was deeply concerned and saddened by the reports. Funeral has been held in France for a 12-year-old schoolgirl who was sexually abused and murdered in Paris 10 days ago. The body of the girl, named only as Lola, was found in a plastic box in the courtyard of her building. The BBC's Hugh Schofield reports from Paris. Rarely in France has a death created such a wave of emotion and outrage. Lola was an ordinary girl who one day failed to come home after school. Her body was later found squashed in a plastic box in the courtyard of her building in Paris. The killer, who's confessed, is a 24-year-old Algerian woman. To add to the pain of the family, Lola's death has become a political issue, with the left accusing the right and far right of trying to make capital out of the fact that the killer was in France illegally. President Emmanuel Macron branded the murder an act of extreme evil and praised the dignified behaviour of Lola's family. Opening arguments have begun in Los Angeles in the latest sexual assault trial of the disgraced Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein. He's already serving a 23-year sentence for sexual assault and rape in New York State. BBC's Sophie Long reports. Five years after allegations of rape and sexual misconduct by the legendary film producer were made public, Harvey Weinstein is in court again. In Los Angeles, he faces 11 charges, including four counts of rape, all of which he denies. It's likely to be less of a spectacle than what we saw in New York. But over the course of the trial, which is expected to last more than eight weeks, the prosecution plans to bring some 80 witnesses to the stand, including five women who say Weinstein assaulted them, and the actor Mel Gibson, a friend of one of Weinstein's alleged victims. New Zealand Parliament has reached a unique benchmark with the number of its male and female MPs now exactly equal. The latest member of Parliament to be sworn in, Labour's Soraya Peake-Mason, will bring about a balance between the sexes in the national legislature. BBC's Shamar Khalil has the details. The Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern said this breakthrough was significant and heartening. But the opposition's National Party lawmaker Judith Collins said that women MPs still faced harassment and that as these milestones are marked, it was important to note that having equal numbers in Parliament did not necessarily translate to equality for all women in New Zealand. Nigeria's Economic and Financial Crimes Commission says a federal high court has ordered the final seizure of properties owned by former Petroleum Resources Minister Dizani Alison Maduke. This is the latest court ruling related to corruption allegations against her, charges she denies. Her whereabouts are unclear, but she was last known to be in Britain. Sport and the former Arsenal and Paris Saint-Germain head coach Unai Emery has been named as the new manager of Aston Villa. He succeeds Steve Gerrard, who was sacked last week. Emery joins from Villarreal, whom he led to the Europa League title in 2021, as well as the semi-finals of the Champions League last season. He'll take over at Villa Park from the 1st of November. Spanish football expert Guillaume Balag says it's a great move for Villa. 
very, very exciting. You're talking about one of the top managers in the world. You have to say that. He's tested himself in different leagues, in Russia, in France, in England, in Spain. He was not finished business at the Premier League. He did say no when Newcastle approached him. But now it's a different story. I think he's taking Villarreal possibly to the top that they can be, obviously winning a, a Europa League as well. And the, the lure of the Premier League continues. There's one game in the English Premier League last night. Kurt Zuma and Saeed Benrama got goal, the goals as West Ham United beat Bournemouth 2-0 at the London Stadium. The win lifted West Ham into the top half of the table. The Borussia Dortmund head coach, Edin Terzic, says he's looking forward to welcoming Erling Haaland back to the club, but they have to find a way to keep him from scoring against them. Dortmund hosts Manchester City in the Champions League tonight. It'll be Haaland's first return to the club since his move to City in June. Haaland scored in the reverse fixture, which City won 2-1. There are only positive and good emotions um, when we think about Erling. He was not only a brilliant player, he was also a really fantastic person inside the dressing room and at the training ground. I think that he enjoyed his time in Dortmund as well. You can see it, um, not only uh, the way that he said goodbye and his farewell here at the club, also when he saw us a couple of weeks ago in Manchester. So I think it was, it was great for him to be in Dortmund. It was also great for us to have him here. But now he's a player of Manchester City. Now he's scoring goals in a different shirt and we have to stop him. Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola is expecting a difficult match in Dortmund. It's always a tough opening, and I know in the important games when happen against Bayern Munich in Champions League, always behave behave on his top level. That's why it's difficult. So never expect for just for the fact that Man City will be easier. It will not be easy tomorrow. We have a lot of respect of them. The first half in in this time we were so sloppy. We were maybe the game were not really we are. Second half was a little much better, and and we know that we have to behave and, and play in our best to to beat them. Chelsea go to Austria to face RB Salzburg, still unbeaten under new manager Graham Potter. Head of the game, the former Brighton boss, was asked about the recent form of summer signing Raheem Sterling. We have to try to do better as a team, try to improve our attacking play as a team. And I think if you do that, then the individuals within the team function better. So rather than go the other way and focus on the individual, I always like to look at how the team plays, how the team functions. And there's uh, lots of room for improvement in that area, which can help everybody, including Raheem. Now the weather, fine and dry, temperatures currently 25 degrees, humidity is 56%. And to end the news, the top story once again. HSBC reports a third quarter drop in profits of about 40% with impairment charges for its French retail unit hitting the bank's bottom line. And that's the news from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3.
Jay Duhart on Radio 3 with Cocoon. Good afternoon. It's Tuesday and it's 19 minutes past one. This is The Brew on Radio 3 and in just a while we are off to New Zealand, to the beach, to go spotting native plants and flowers with Dr. Merrin Pierce, of course. Now if you can join us on Facebook Live, you get to see all this lovely scenery. That's about six or so minutes from now. <laughs> You say you love me, that made me crazy Here we go again Don't go 